Finally, a movie that begs the question, what if a man took off most of his clothes in front of a group of children and that movie didn't end in an arrest? We're talking Captain Underpants, the first epic movie on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and just an FYI, this show is not for kids, so turn this off and uh, make comic books about just whatever you like. Uh, my guest today, he's an old friend of mine from the high school theater days, and he is smarter than me, uh, and it's Zach Goldstein. That's hi. me. Hi, Zach. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for the uh, warm introduction. I hope I can live up to the standards you've already set for this podcast. Well, yeah, you just graduated like two weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago from the uh, University of California. Yeah, Berkeley. So uh, you're one of those guys that hates free speech, right? Well, you know, I don't hate it as much as, you know... Uh, nah, fuck, I hate it. I yeah, hate free speech. you heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah, guys, I bet you didn't know, this is an alt-right podcast. Uh, <laughs> but this is uh, this is a first for the uh, the podcast for two reasons. First, um, this is a movie we actually saw in theaters. We just got back from the movies. Uh, we saw it at 3.30 on a Monday. Yeah, it was a good crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was us, and there were two other families. I think we may have actually brought the median age down in that theater. We did, yeah, because yeah, there was a lady... Uh, to the left of us with her child and there was somebody behind us but it was it was a very quiet theater yeah. uh but yeah so it, so that was the first time we've ever done it in a theater and so i was stressing because i i like to take notes uh before the podcast and so this is just very uh just free ball and and also this is the first time that i've uh asked a guest to do a movie because usually i like to let the guest pick and then it's kind of fun to explore these movies that i haven't really seen but I've been trying to find anybody to see this movie with me. <laughs> Do, did you like have a relationship with um, the Captain Underpants books when you were a kid? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, definitely my favorite series from probably first grade to like fourth grade. Um, and then, you know, secretly my favorite series throughout the rest of high school. And uh, yeah, I just have a, a really... You wrote your dissertation on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. That lunch lady with the evil hair <laughs> or whatever. Um... Yeah, I, yeah, I was super excited about this movie just because obviously I loved uh, the books. I remember when I was a kid before I started reading them, I had the just the first one, um, and I used to just do it for the, <laughs> the really heavy bass woof. Uh, <laughs> We're so. sharing this house with uh, my parents and my brother, and they seem to be having a great old time upstairs. Yeah, they're tapping the keg and all that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I remember I would. Y- get the book down from the shelf and just use it for the flipperamas and i remember my brother lectured me he was like ross i'll let you borrow the book but you have to read it this time you can't just do the flipperamas which i think it's weird to be angry at somebody and then use the phrase flipperama <laughs> uh but yeah kind of deflates then... the uh the import <laughs> <laughs> But then I think I realized that I was like starting to get too old for the series because I I bought one at the at the mall, the latest one at the time, and then I read it in an hour and I thought I was really smart. And then the next book came out and I realized like oh it's just this is not for me anymore. That was sad. Like I haven't I haven't really read any of the new ones. I know there's a couple more. They finally re- made another super diaper baby. I believe. It's about time. It's about time. Yeah, the internet has been has been begging. <laughs> on their hands and knees for super diaper at dave pilkey come on <laughs> that's just what they were saying but um but yeah all together uh and i think watching this movie uh it, it definitely brought back a lot of these memories of the book series like they had all these little in jokes mm-hmm. uh and the animation too was uh, very reminiscent of the illustrations you would see, you know, with, like, the dotted lines. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dave Pilkey has this really weird patternry that he does. He always has, like, these little kind of just, I guess, lines on everything, uh, and they kept that in. And I, actually, speaking of animation, I think the entire time, though, just 
uh, the movie just kept switching between different animation styles, and it was the coolest thing yeah, ever. Yeah, I'd say that was probably the most intriguing part of the movie, was just their whole... Like, they really didn't uh, have any any hesitation about just changing up the animation completely. Like, a whole, whole remodel of it. Yeah, they did. So they did um, uh, the comic book animation, which is, like, kind of a... a a warped 2d they did regular 3d animation they did they did uh puppets at Puppet. one point which was crazy and i think they did one more i think they did another just kind of uh just regular uh hand-drawn animation segment yeah uh it kind of looked like rick and morty it d- yeah second. it did yeah. it had kind of that f- almost flash animation look to it yeah um they also i i was really excited that they incorporated the flipperamas because yeah, Going into the definitely. movie, that was my one uh, concern. I thought, oh, shit, that how, like, the entire... It's animated, so what's the point in doing that? Yeah. Uh, and they did this little bit where uh, uh, Harold was flipping it, and he ripped it. And that happens... That always yeah, happens. That brought me back. Yeah. Like, uh. gosh. I think that was so horrific. It just <laughs> brought back all this trauma for me tearing my book in half. Yeah, you had to leave the theater for a couple minutes because you just started... I just um, <laughs> had to collect myself out in the hallway. Yeah, and, uh, and go to that uh, vending machine where it's like candy and you get a handful <laughs> for $3. I like the vending machines they have in the bathroom that have like aspirin and like sour gummies and, then and all, like fragrance. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they have condoms. They I don't think they have them for the, this theater. No, not the... Not this kind of establishment. No, it's a Regal. And <laughs> I, I feel bad for Regal... Uh, theaters because i think in general they get a lot of flack because they're not that good yeah so yeah we just had to deal with a situation um it sounded like it sounded like somebody had fallen and then they were yelling in pain uh, and it turned out they were just watching Django. yeah it was Django being unchained oh good so for it was him. a very very emotional very loud moment in the movie speaking of emotional and loud moments in the movie <laughs> I didn't have anything planned for that. I was just, like, trying to think of an... Im- oh, wait, okay. So, just, like, we're, we'll just kind of talk all over the place uh, until we think of something cohesive. But there, there's this one part. Um, so, the big plot of the movie is that Harold and George, the two protagonist kids, uh, Mr. Krupp, who's the mean principal who eventually becomes Captain Underpants, he, he finally uh, proves that George and Harold plan all these pranks, and so... He uh, puts them in different classes, and they're like, this is going to be the end of our friendship. And so they keep teasing that for a while, like half the movie. And then it's it's a five-minute segment where they're actually not together. Like, so, you, Zach, you had to like you had to go to the bathroom or something mm-hmm. for a couple minutes. From the time you left to right when you came back, that was the entire length of their, like, emotional separation. Yeah, the emotional downturn of the movie. It was really a, mostly a film about levity. And uh, I don't think they really had a lot of uh, very dark moments. No, but I I don't know. I th- I think the plot in general was like a little bit disjointed because the first part when they're when it's all the kind of just information and backstory about like the kids and who they are and just kind of playing with the com the general just like comedic tone of the movie I think was fun. But then it just it just like got just very plotty and just kind of. I wasn't really sure what was happening. Yeah, for a pretty strange universe. Uh, I mean, and they they were all over the place with what can and cannot, you know, be allowed, be permitted in this universe. Um, like cars being shrunk and people just, you know, walking it off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if someone takes their pants off in a school, I guess that's way beyond the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it was also like a little little choppy there thematically. Uh, they were really just trying to, like, build on plot, and it just, it all, uh, one thing that got lost on me was the magic ring. They didn't talk about that at all. They yeah. just had this magic ring that could hypnotize someone for good, like, completely for the rest of their life, and, yeah, and they it had, was like, made a in whole, China. they had a whole sequence for it, they had this crazy, like, magic, uh, like, wind, like, like, uh, blowing around the room, blowing papers everywhere, animation, and uh, they didn't explain the ring at all. And that was just there. Well, yeah, and I mean, I do remember that that was just from the book, where it was just, they had a an, a hypnotizer ring. And then they that might have even been the thing where they, they crush it, and they think that he's back to normal forever. 
and it's just he's stuck that way it's kind of like that uh did you ever watch in living color uh no i never saw that series okay you don't need to but (laughs) (laughs) it was like there was this one sketch where jim carrey gets hypnotized to be a chicken and then the the hypnotist dies and so he's just he just becomes homeless and he just is a chicken forever (laughs) but he's conscious about it it's like he can talk he he can only talk like a chicken but he still like has human emotions so I guess that's kind of what they were doing. That's with how the I feel sometimes, pretty often. You're just um, a chicken <laughs> in a man's body. One day they'll recognize my people. And we'll have the the dignity we deserve. <laughs> oh. Sorry, it's just getting emotional. Yeah, I, you know what? This is a safe space, just like your precious UC Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I. Now I'm just thinking about UC Berkeley. Like that, uh, you were telling me in the car um, that you, during some of the protests, I like the, when Ann Coulter was there, when Milo Yiannopoulos was there, people were taking their graduation photos. Yeah, and th- those were uh, some of my smartest uh, peers, I would say, in the school. They they saw their moment, uh, and they so decided to capture it there. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had done the same. I wish I had followed in their great footsteps. They were really, like, um, they were just heroes. They, bravest among us not all heroes wear capes somewhere somewhere uh, curtains and gowns. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's also somewhere true. curtains yeah somewhere curtains really I, anything you can pull off the uh yeah also yeah. this uh, this review is gonna have spoilers like we're 12 minutes in like if you didn't know that already <laughs> but um i also knew at the very so at the very end they're doing the whole thing that they do in the books where everything seems back to normal and then something crazy happens uh and then it ends on a cliffhanger where they go, here we go again. Uh, and so Mr. Krupp and his uh, date, the lunch lady. The lovely Edith. Edith, yeah, Edith that's her name. Lady. Uh, they're having dinner and the tablecloth has like that Captain Underpants look to it. And I was like, oh, okay, I got what's going to, I get what's going to happen now. Um, but also going off of that with the, because it, it ends with uh, these, spoiler, uh, the, I think it's the second book the the talk these talking toilets yeah, and they the come radioactive to, living toilets yeah and they they want to eat very everybody. hungry yeah yeah that, actually that was kind of that was like kind of disturbing you see a man uh get eaten on the toilet <laughs> like and he's and everybody's freaking out yeah they really play off the 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 truly dark moments in <laughs> this story because i feel like some people were shrunk forever actually and they'll yeah never the guy that the guy from... that was walking his dog <laughs> i wonder who becomes the master in that relationship now i assume the wiener dog seemed like he was leading the man there yeah well i mean the man is so passive just kind of walking and i think he's like reading a book or something well now he can't read anymore yeah be too it would be more like appreciating art <laughs> large wallscapes of text <laughs> well i mean to him everything is gonna be art now like he sees uh post he has an exciting new life ahead of him it's a yeah. new chapter i'm actually excited for him i mean you re- did you ever watch the show george shrinks no i haven't is you that haven't like seen george honey Shrink? i shrunk the kids basically it was on uh pbs kids and it's this kid they don't explain why he's short i think i think it was supposed to be he was just born that way. Like, he's just, like, two inches tall. And his name is George Shrinks. And he goes on adventures and, like, rides mice and stuff. Wow. But he's basically George Shrinks. Uh, but I, I don't know. There were some parts in the movie where I thought it didn't translate into movie well. Like, like any time Captain Underpants said tra-la-la, every single time it just felt, it just felt like my dad, like, reading it to me as a kid and, like, just being... Like hammy and goofy with it. Did your dad like ever dress the part as well while reading it? I mean, he he is known in our house as Captain Underpants. <laughs> That's what he wears. Um, but yeah, I well let's um let's talk about casting, I guess, because I think yeah, it's a really strong cast. Really strong cast, but I don't know how I felt about Ed Ed Helms as Mr. Crop slash Captain Underpants. Uh, remind me what else Ed Helms has been in. He was Andy in The Office. Andy in The Office. The guy that goes, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, of course. And yeah. uh, Hangover. I don't know. I I guess just because I know him very well, just as a as an actor and all the different roles he played, I, I don't know. I like didn't quite buy him as just like this super mean guy. 
Yeah, I really couldn't pick up. I guess I don't know him as well as most people. I haven't watched like The Office very uh, intensely, but uh, his voice didn't really come across as like like he he definitely had this like conniving tone to him, but it it didn't have like the menacing that I remember from Principal Krupp. Yeah, I I mean the whole movie is just like amped up to a million with just like goofiness and campiness, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think with something like that if you're gonna have a ridiculous villain or something they have to have kind of villainry to it Mm -hmm. because like nick kroll was professor uh pp diarrhea (laughs) poopy pants esquire (laughs) it was uh pp urinstein von or something crazy was it urinstein i don't know but there was a stein in there i appreciate it it diarrhea stein (laughs) i think it was diarrhea (laughs) very Uh, cat uh, very nuanced. Yes. Uh, joke. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, I think I think everybody in general did a good job. I uh, I was thrown off by Jordan Peele as Melvin the nerd. Right. Yeah, I thought he voiced that pretty well. I didn't even know it was Jordan Peele. Yeah, like he uh, he kind of just sounded he sounded a lot like that one character that he plays on Keen Peele, um, Megan, where he's just kind of like just an annoying girl just like stop it (laughs) yeah no he definitely has a a future for himself in uh uh voice acting yeah if he wants it although uh maybe he'll bring that that energy and that um that bravura performance to his next uh dark racially instilled horror movie get out too. get back in (laughs) i actually still haven't seen that oh it's excellent Yeah. yeah i know but it's just like, I don't like horror movies. That, I mean, that's why I have a fucking kids podcast. Because I'm like, I can't handle the scary. Uh, like, the very small amount of terror in this movie being just like, for a split second, um, Harold and George don't think poop and stuff is funny. Yeah, that really... I was I was holding on to my seat for that. I think it was crazy, though, how when kids lost the ability to find things funny that they also become super pale and blue. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciated the pseudo-neuroscience in there. Uh, oh, yeah. That was so off-base, like, completely. Like, I I guess you could say that laughter comes from the cerebellum, which is what they called this, like... I forgot what they called it. The, like... The laughing ha- The ha-ha-gaffa... <laughs> something like that. Yeah, the ha-ha-gaffa ventricle <laughs> of our, of our uh, neuro... Uh, anyway, but yeah, that was, that was definitely like having seen that because I got my, uh, degree in cognitive science. So coming from that and then seeing this is so like you, a you opening. You hated a this new... movie. You're like, this is, I, you kept yelling at the screen. This is accurate. I think that was the one thing that really took me out of the world of their <laughs> universe. Um, I guess maybe if I had really like, you know, like believed it then. Yeah, well, we also didn't see it in 3D, which didn't help oh, us yeah. get into the world. Even no, I though, agree. I I don't really want to watch 3D ever. Yeah. Like I, first of all, I don't need to be that immersed. I can just pay it, <laughs> pay attention to the movie. But also, it's like our tickets for a Monday afternoon matinee was thirteen dollars. Was this the matinee? I guess it was. I get. I mean, technically, it's three thirty. Yeah. I guess maybe you know. One reason why the crowd wasn't so robust. Yeah. I want to pay $13. I mean, it was opening weekend. We're recording this the day after it's monument. I mean, then again, it probably got overshadowed by Wonder Woman. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. I First time in history that a movie... If, when a woman strips down to her underwear and, and she's fighting crime, she gets all the attention. <laughs> but when, when an animated bald man does it... <laughs> it comes in at number two on the box. Side. Wait, if it came in at number two, which I'm not checking because my phone's over there, that would be very thematically appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I also realized watching this that, I mean, there it was very funny. I there were parts of it that I really laughed at, and like, well, we'll rate it later. But there are also a good amount of parts where I w- I realized that I was an adult because I. Like, it takes more than just saying Uranus to make me laugh. 
And that's like the crux of the movie is that George and Harold became friends because a teacher said Uranus. Wait. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird because around the world, a lot of like European countries, they pronounce it Oranus. So it doesn't sound that funny. I think also um, the whole Uranus joke to me has like matured with with age, just with our texting culture. So to, to separate it as, as your you know you are <laughs> you are anus <laughs> it just feel like that brings a whole new like level to the humor there because yeah. not not only does it have that hilarious anatomical you know concept of of it being your anus but also has this you know this jab at millennials oh you know God. your anus speaking of millennials i bet i wonder what what george and harold would do with memes <laughs> I I actually bet they would be the most fucking annoying people. Like they're the pe- they're like in all of the dank stash meme. Oh yeah, they'd groups. probably make their own school meme page. Oh yeah, I'm sure they're. I'm sure like if they brought this to like uh uh George and Harold all uh, George and Harold all grown up, <laughs> they would be running a meme page. They're <laughs> running a fake news site. <laughs> yeah, because I, mean, I mean you know George is the writer and Harold is the illustrator. Uh, dude. Who do you identify more with, George or Harold? Hmm. You know, they were just, they're so alike, I feel like. Uh, I guess probably just not to, you know, uh, push any buttons, uh, Harold. Uh, for reasons. <laughs> you got that big haircut. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, other features that are more alike to my own. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Harold. Uh... I mean, like, I think I'm more of a George because I'm just, like, you know, a de facto leader. And, like, uh, I kind of have, like, the comedic chops of Kevin Hart, you know? <laughs> you think uh, George was a de facto leader in that movie? I mean, just because he... Well, I'm just thinking of the part where his his brain was talking to Harold's brain. Not George talking to Harold, just the brains no, 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 talking to brains each other. the brains are having a conversation. Uh, and I did like that it got... It, there were some weird meta parts that I thought, for the most part worked like how the how harold's brain is it just goes like oh this is really the lowest form of humor (laughs) yeah no one thing i I very much appreciate about this is uh not only did they have like the low form of humor for the kids but they also had high form of humor like parking jokes you know adults can really appreciate jokes about parking parking. oh yeah (laughs) where they get the the crane yeah they're to slide in there and uh, as someone who who parks his car as an adult, I thought that was very humorous. I'm I'm really glad they you know brought their humor up for me. There's also <laughs> a weird jab at the American education system. The the whole the whole movie kind of had that tint of being a a, a farce of the public education system. Yeah, cause like yeah, cause Mr. Crap um close the shut down the arts program so we could get a high tech door that never comes up again. That was Chekhov's yeah. door. Yeah. And, like, even at the end of the scene, they just walk out a normal door. <laughs> I was like, guys, come on, have some consistency. Uh, but the the one running gag that was funny the entire time was uh, uh, Mr. Krupp's uh, secretary is on the phone the entire movie. She's on hold because George and Harold pull a prank uh, on her. A prank call. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, what was it? it Probably was, their best in the movie. Well, what about when they learn their lesson and it's a prank for good? Oh, yeah. No, that that really touched my heart. I guess, I guess yeah, I guess apples and oranges, you know. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about it. So, kids' movies, they all have morals, lessons that they're trying to teach because, like, uh, for some reason, studios have to justify why they're making a movie for kids and not adults. So, it's time for Lesson Learned. And I don't have a sound effect for it because, like, I'm not good at the show. But so <laughs> that did not even register on the microphone. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> it was uh, not worth it. But let's let's talk about it. So one of the lessons, I guess, is technically prank for good or just kind of doing good deeds. Doing, uh, yeah, perhaps or like goofiness brings about, you know benefits for all yeah because uh the george and harold prank krupp and edith to go on a date together yeah 
Well, that would have been a very, like, uh, a much worse prank if they didn't know that, that they wanted to actually go on a date together. Yeah, so, I, I guess, yeah. It's kind of like in Clueless. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Or like, or like Heather's. That yeah, it's like yeah. this is ba- this movie. If you like Heather's, <laughs> you'll love this. Like the one kid, the one kid in basically like is like uh, close to suicide. Like the kid that lives in his locker. Oh yeah, no most most of the kids there should have been most of the kids seen some counseling. Wait, there is a there is a weird joke about. Okay, this joke was weird. Uh, um, Professor PP Diarrhea Stein Poopy Pants Esquire. I'm going to keep using his full name. He, like, makes this weird joke that he got counseling because of childhood trauma. And that just threw me off. Like, Nick Kroll, I think, went off script a couple times. He may have. I think he was probably the only one to, like, really, really enjoy his role in this movie. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, just having it be another, you know, another role, another another uh, line on your resume. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean... I I like Thomas Middleditch a lot. I I just don't really know Kevin Hart that well. I've never listened to his stand up. But I mean, maybe I'll start because of this movie. But I don't know. I I think this this didn't really feel like a phoning it in movie. Movie like movies like Dougal. Dougal. Do, are you aware of no, Dougal? I'm not. Okay, Dougal is a crazy movie. You have to look it up. And it's basically like some Danish movie that was like brought to the US and then redubbed for English and there's just like a bunch of actors in it and it's like such a bad movie it doesn't translate well and like it's it's very clear that they just need to keep their SAG uh membership alive like John Stewart's in it nice I think Helen Mirren's in it wow it's it's a ridiculous cast for an awful movie Jay Leno's in it <laughs> oh, that's something I'll have to look at that you definitely will. What? Well, what kind of what kind of kids movies do you like? What what have touched you besides this movie, of course? Um, hmm. I guess I haven't really seen. I guess I haven't seen movies geared towards children that recently. Uh oh, I did see the Lego Batman movie. I like that. I like the whole Lego universe. Yeah. I think they do a great job with that, and their humor is always pretty sharp, mm-hmm. uh, especially for people who like Batman like that so they're they're all about like the niche humor which well, i appreciate well the 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 lego ninjago trailer that was in that was before the movie yeah and i think at times uh captain underpants was also trying to kind of get that humor where it's just like awkward and just a little bit just like off center i guess yeah that makes sense to me yeah and then there's this trailer for the this fucking bull movie <laughs> John Cena stars as a gentle bull. I, I think this will really be his like breakout performance. I think this is gonna have people. Ch- this is gonna turn some heads, for sure. I think it's like literally he heard that Dwayne Johnson was doing a Disney movie, and he's like, "I want to do a di- uh, animated movie too." And then Dwayne Johnson got like critical praise and a fun role, and John Cena gets like a a bull that uh, falls in a china shop. Mm-hmm. He's gonna play the um, uh, the the famous folk hero Ferdinand the Bull, that uh, <laughs> is thrown into the vicious world of bullfighting, but holds his own and chooses to smell flowers instead of you know engaging with the the cycle of violence. That's dumb. <laughs> like I did not know what was happening in this trailer because I. Like and you were saying on the ride home that this was a book that it's a well known uh, thing. Yeah, it's like a Spanish folktale or something. I, I don't even know what it is, but it's, a, it's gonna be bad. No, Boom. It's gonna be terrible. Calling it that's a that's a kid flicks preview. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Oh, watch out! There's don't a... want you know Fox Twenty One, oh, you know, no. shouting down your throat. <laughs> you might shut this podcast down. <laughs> Not Netflix, <laughs> but um, there was also a weird trailer that just didn't fit. It was it was like a it was oh, a yeah. documentary about um a dance team and like how and they're in Baltimore and they want to kind of get out of Baltimore and I just like it looked it looked good I guess yeah. but 
I just didn't understand. It, was, it, was, it seems like some like a uh, very serious tone to bring to a children's movie, but you know it's to good. Captain Underpants, the first epic <laughs> movie. Uh, it's good to you know throw in some some interesting documentary trailers in there. Plus, you know, kids won't pay attention to anything unless it has, you know, fart noises and flashy animation. So. Well, yeah, I mean, the, you could tell that they kind of just added fart sound effects in this trailer so kids <laughs> would pay attention. They're like, I want to get out of Baltimore. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, with that, we're going to take a quick bacon. Oh, my God, I hate talking fast because I try to be smooth about it and then uh, it uh, isn't. Uh, take a... There, good job. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back to talk more about Captain Underpants. Stay with us. Ding dong. Hey, everybody. It's Ross. I bet you're wondering, oh, is this going to be an ad for Lisa Mattresses or Nature Box? No, it's none of that. I'm just recording this in my uh, mom's closet right now. But I just want to remind you that if you like this podcast, please tell your friends and definitely rate and review us on iTunes. It's how this show can gain momentum. And you will be the one to thank. And who knows, uh, if I like your review, I'll mention you on the show. I'll be like, hey, Timmy from Omaha said it doesn't suck. So, Timmy, you rule. Be like Timmy, guys. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, tell your friends. And that's it. Back to the show. Flush, we're back. <laughs> uh, man i i'm i was so thrown off by how quiet like the kids that were in the theater were yeah i mean there there weren't that many again there were i think two or three besides well, us maybe they saw some like cool college kids and thought like oh i can't laugh at poop jokes <laughs> I, I hope them... i hope we opened up their their uh you know they weren't as shy around us because you know, we were we were enjoying a good poop joke here. And yeah, there. we there was a great time. I, I like I kind of wish that I was back to that youthful point where I could just kind of hear some like hear just poop or like farts and then uh, laugh. Yeah, I'm not more sophisticated. Well, I'm just we live like, in Charles America now, so we don't have time. <laughs> don't have time. Farts are greenhouse gases, you guys. Hashtag um, Paris. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. This one scene pissed me off. Like, out of the entire movie, the scene that I just rolled my eyes the longest at was there's a scene where Captain Underpants in a Mr. Krupp, in Mr. Krupp's clothes, um, conducts uh, an orchestra of whoopee cushions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What, how, how did that feel for you? Well, it's just kind of like one of those scenes where uh, uh, I feel like if I laughed at it, then uh, that's just it. That's the end of days. Uh, I'll just uh, check my humor card at the door. But, you know, I'm sure it was good for the for the crowd it was intended for. You know, ages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was weird because it started off where it was like, um, what's that one song that goes, da, 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 da. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Yeah that old shit because um, they started off with like the whoopee cushions like all of a different tone and so it sounded like that which i thought was funny but then randomly actual like the orchestra music starts up and it sinks up to the farts and i thought that was weird and then a kid jumps on a giant whoopee cushion that's like the size of a beanbag chair and i just yeah that one scene i was like oh no is this gonna be the movie now well thankfully that was uh Probably, that was probably the lowest point of the humor in the movie. Yeah, because it's a DreamWorks movie. The people that brought us Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, and Shark Tale, and B-Movie. And for a DreamWorks movie, I think it it had restraint, and it there weren't a lot... Like, there were easy jokes, but it, it was easy jokes that made sense with the characters and what was happening. But, I mean, there were still, like, weird pop culture references... Um, Poopy Pants call, calls George Oprah, and yeah, I thought I guess that was kind of dumb. That's funny for you know, you know the the third to sixth grade crowd. Yeah, they love. Who do they Oprah. know Oprah still? Because she's retired, or she's not. She's not doing her show anymore. Do people? Do kids not know Oprah these days? They have to know. They have to know. Oprah. I mean, they know Oprah, but it's just kind of like. 
it's just kind of kinda like a joke that's been played out. Yeah, kind of people being like, like, "I am your father." Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like millennials suck, but I mean kids. <laughs> what are as long as they're not millennials. Yeah, kids are cool as long as they aren't. Uh, you know, George and Harold had a cell phone. Oh my god. Do you hear that um, millennials are killing the fast food industry? Which is like, we need to put millennials behind bars because they're killing everything. Yeah, well, they... Oh, there was that article where it's people... Like, millennials aren't going to TGI Fridays or Applebee's. Yeah, something like that. And, like, Applebee's is gross. <laughs> I think all those places are terrible. The thing is, I feel like there's a time and a place for TGI Fridays, though. Because, like, if you want just, like, just like sweaty appetizers or something, like, you go and get, like, boneless wings and potato skins. Yeah. Oh, I could go for wings or something. <laughs> we're going to end this early and we're just going to go get wings. Um, but, yeah, well, I was in uh, a McDonald's uh, a couple days ago, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, like, see any ads about it, but you can make your own artisan burger now it's weird impressive i didn't do it because i was just like in it was like in the middle of philly at like 12 30 at night and i'm like these these mcdonald's employees do not want to do this for me and i don't want to be like could i get an artisan like teriyaki chicken sandwich or something maybe it makes their day maybe they feel like true like culinary artists i nearly got a filet of fish because someone told me that they're good Hmm. and i like fish well you know that's it's a questionable recommendation but they could be right well i i feel like i take a lot of risks in terms of ordering fish from places that i probably (laughs) shouldn't like at temple on the meal plan there's a lot of like shrimp and stuff as options and i i for the most part i think that i'm one of the only people that does it yeah I um I uh, went on a big road trip with my roommates on a spring break, and we went down uh, through Death Valley and decided to stay in Pahrump, Nevada, which is this rural, offshoot, generic, uh, like uh, a Las Vegas, like homage or something. It's really truly terrible. Uh, and but what they do have, which is a gem, gem in the desert, is uh, this Chinese buffet, <laughs> and. Boy, I, that was the night I decided I was going to die. And so <laughs> I decided to try everything just short of their sushi. But lo and behold, I didn't get sick. And so, um, like what, sorry, what sorry to plug mo- something, but uh, uh, Chinese buffet in Pahrump, Nevada. Uh, <laughs> if you ever find yourself out there, it's really just the gem of the desert. How, fa- how far is Pahrump from Vegas or Reno or something? Uh, that's a good question. It's down south of the, uh, of the bend there. So... Probably closer to Vegas. I think it's almost certainly closer to Vegas than Reno. Yeah. What What was What do you What was the most like questionable thing that you ate at this buffet? Uh, I got the fried scallops. Uh, that was mm. That was definitely one where I had to like you know think think for a little longer if I was gonna <laughs> put it in my mouth. I didn't think very long. Just <laughs> um, and then a, a lot of chicken dishes Ooh. that looked like they were sitting around for a while. Yeah, and you're just like I I I assume they cook this, but like it is very pink. <laughs> uh we had a great time yeah it sounds great i i don't go to buffets that much like they they have buffets like on my meal plan at school but it's not it's not the same as like going to a chinese buffet like there's a yeah a crappy buffet by us called the king's court buffet yeah it does not feel royal in the slightest the one in the plymouth meeting mall that's right that's the one in the i love that place i have great uh, memories uh very poor memories thereafter but uh, (laughs) great memories at the time in the moment well it was one of those things where, like, it's, I mean, it's just generic Chinese food, but then um, your parents would feel semi-fancy because there would be the station where somebody would just, like, cut off a piece of, like, beef for you. <laughs> they were, like, cr- Dungeness crab legs <laughs> that had probably been sitting in a freezer for, you know, months. And then also just, like, uh, chicken fingers and fries if, in yeah. case there's a kid that, like, won't eat just rice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was another great joke when they were showing off the different parts of the brains and like this is the I will only eat buttered noodles and pizza. Yeah, it was it was pizza, <laughs> butter noodles, and chicken nuggets. Lobe. <laughs> it was a lobe for that. Uh, that was funny. I did like that part. Well, you know, let's. Uh, I th- I think both of us kind of ran out of uh, steam of things to talk about with this movie. Cause, I don't know about you, but I I I mean I like it. I liked it, but I already kind of forgot it. Yeah, I didn't really give it much, you know, headspace. 
Uh, yeah. I would say it's probably a movie I won't see again. Um, but if I do see it again, I won't be disappointed, I guess. I agree. I definitely, if for some reason someone asked me to like babysit or just kind of watch their kids, I would definitely bust out this movie because there, fu- there were parts that I liked. Yeah. Very safe, easy for kids. Very flashy. Yeah, and and again, DreamWorks, they can really have some poop bombs, but this, I I in I think this was a, kind of on a higher caliber. I I haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon, but I've people have told me that those are kind of more higher caliber uh, DreamWorks movies. Yeah, no, I like I like that franchise. Um, more emotional depth. These these characters, although they did have the 3D animation, were pretty two dimensional. Boom. Ooh. Ooh. That is a tasty burn. Oh, man. So, uh, so let's go into the ranking. So uh, if this is your first time listening, we uh, break down how we rate a movie on four levels. So audience respect. Did the movie treat kids like any other audience? Or is it really pandering? Uh, plot, which is plot, acting, acting, and humor, humor. It sucks because the first one takes a lot of explaining and then the other three are very simple. But I'm not going to change it because I'm already a couple episodes deep into this. And you can rate it on a scale from 1 to 5. 1 being the worst, 5 being the greatest. Uh, you can use zeros if it's really abhorrent. And any decimals that you like. So, Zach, I'll throw it off to you first. Uh, talk through, what do you think of the audience respect to this movie? Respect for the audience. Uh, I'm going to have to give this a 2, more or less. Um, the, the humor was obviously geared towards you know the younger crowd. Um, but even when they did throw a bone to the adults or, you know, the two college-age guys sitting there on a 3.30 on a Monday afternoon. Ooh, ooh. Um, it, <laughs> In it one really... of those sectionals where it's like the like a seat of two and then there's a huge gap <laughs> and then there's the handicap seats. Yeah. I think we were just sitting in the handicap seats. Yeah, we were certainly sitting in the handicap seats. Um, you know, glad there was no one else there to, you know, sit there because, you know, they already have it. That's true. Now, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, solid two, because, um, although they did have that humor that was aimed towards adults, uh, it really didn't land, and it just we'll kind of We'll like... save the humor for later. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the animation was wonderful. I yeah. would say that was, that was the, uh, a really big redeeming quality. I agree. Um, I th- I'm gonna give it just a little bit higher. I'm thinking, I'm gonna give it a solid three. So kind of right in the middle. Um, just because, yeah, I, I agree that it definitely wasn't aimed towards us, which is very fun with rating movies on this podcast. Um, I think the main thing for me that kind of took me out of the movie and made me kind of think it was more pandering than, than not was they, they were very blatant and obvious about what the message was. Like they kept saying, uh, like, oh, but laughter's great. And just the whole classic just kids thing of oh no fun here like the movie at times felt like um a candy commercial just a bunch of adults telling kids not to smile or have fun yeah uh but yeah so that that was a more of a three for me um what what did you think of plot um you know i actually really enjoyed it uh just because it was so freaking wild and crazy and no (laughs) sense whatsoever so (laughs) I would do like a 3.5 easily for the plot. Um, yeah, I I mean, as far as this form of art can go, I think they did a suitable job for it. And uh, I wasn't thrown off by the plot. So I think that that takes a lot when you're trying to mm-hmm. make a movie about, you know, a guy running around in his underpants. <laughs> Classic. One of those movies. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a 2.6. And because I... The plot was fine, but I think again, it it got bogged down in plot at some points, and it just didn't let the movie breathe at all. Um, and again, like there were just parts that felt rushed, like how they. I was glad that there wasn't a movie where it was they they wanted to stop being friends because I feel like that happens a lot. Where, like in the third act, it'll, like a Judd Apatow movie, just mm-hmm. oh you know what, dude, I'm gonna go read the baby books and you shut up or something. Right. Um. But I like that. But it was it was literally five minutes, this emotional thing, where it was um, just them not being friends. I will say, you did miss, uh, when you went to the bathroom, th- this really intense sequence where 
Um, so George and Harold are in their uh, respective separate classrooms now, and they're just like looking over, like meh. And then they cut to this sequence where Harold's on one planet and George is on the other, and they're like, "What are you saying? I can't hear you. Don't go away. No." And then George, like, like, f- like on the his planet, just flies o- into deep space and just disappears. <laughs> and it, it was it was. So- it was a, a maybe a forty second sequence, and it was so manipulatively sad. Man. Oh man, those writers have some demons. <laughs> yeah, gotta, they gotta throw them out there somehow. Yeah, and also another thing is, uh, I I was also confused at because I I looked at my watch just because I was curious, like, oh, how long have we been watching this? Because I'm curious uh, if it's almost over. Not that I wanted to go, but I was just like, oh, I wonder how much time is left. And I looked at my watch, and it, the movie had been on for about an hour. And still not much had happened. It was still... It, I think that was at the point where Poopy Pants teams up with Melvin and is like, you have no happy smile thing. And that was just weird to me. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, a, a 2.6 for me. That's a fair rating. Uh, what did you think of the acting? So it's a little different, obviously, with, uh, voice, with voice acting. voice actors, yeah. Um, I, I really did enjoy it, and I thought they did a good job. Um, to be fair, I didn't know any of the actors going into this. Uh, I mean, I knew of them. I mean, I know them. But you didn't. But I didn't you told me you didn't really. Yeah, you can really. Yeah, and um, and while hearing it, I recognized voices, but I couldn't put a face on them. So, um, yeah, I would say they did a good job, and uh, I would give it a four probably. Um, I don't really know how else to maybe like a three point five. That some of it was just very hammy, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's also just that was direction given to them, just to be yeah. Hammy. So yeah, I'd say just to you know cut the difference, three point seven five. Three point seven five, very good. I love it. it. Always takes a little while for my guests to get really into doing very specific uh, decimal <laughs> points, but it's always fun. Like I did, I uh, I did one where it was like uh, like three point two two eight or something, and I ended up just rounding it. Did I do that? I don't know if I did that. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give, uh, I'm just going to give a straight four to the acting. Cause I, I, I think for the most part, everybody did a great job, even though, cause I, I know Thomas Middleditch a lot and I thought that was going to take me out of it. And there were definitely certain points where I thought, you know what, George and Harold don't really sound like kids that much, Yeah. but it worked. I, and like I said before, I think the only real, <coughs> uh, crux or should i say crop for me crops <laughs> my only crops was uh mr crop again like i don't know just because when i was a kid i can't think of what captain underpants's voice would be but i when ed helms when i saw the trailer and in the movie he did a great job don't get me wrong but i didn't really i don't know it didn't it didn't feel exactly it to me it, for me, it didn't really have the energy that I remember Captain Underpants having. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very, like, a lot of bravado. A lot of, like, I'm Captain Underpants. But it didn't really seem to have, like... It didn't capture the character that I remembered from, yeah. the, from the books. I think it would be interesting if he had... the. There was some consistency with Mr. Krupp and Captain Underpants. Like, they both kind of had... Because Captain Underpants has this very lovable... uh, doofiness to him where he is just kind of like bumbling and dumb and I think if that was also partly in Mr. Krupp where he was kind of bumbling but he was sinister about it like there was that one part where he's trying to uh, plug in the spy cam (laughs) that was (laughs) that was a good like those jokes are so dumb so basically what happens is uh, uh, there's like a spy cam that Mr. Krupp uses to catch George and Harold's a nanny cam yeah and it's just that whole bit where it's like, oh, oh wait, you have to, you have to change the channel. No, I know what I have to do. I have to change. Um, it's on aux. Change it to the oh, next man. HDMI. And I wish that was just from my my public school days, you know, up through high school. But no, that that happens all the time. It happened all the time at my university. We had to bring people in to like just change the input. Oh yeah, <laughs> just the input. Yeah, I and there would be like five minutes where my professor would just be like hitting the one like thing on the on the podium to get the lights, and it would be a whole <laughs> thing. But yeah, uh, and then finally, uh, what did you think of the humor? This is tough. It uh, is tough. I think 
All right, I'm, I'm going to give it a personal score, and then I'm going to give it a score that I think like the audience would give it, and I'm going to give it a personal score. As far as <laughs> okay. audience, as as far as like audience appropriateness, I would say this probably has like this would earn like a four or a four point five. Mm-hmm. We'll call it a four point two five. Yes, but that um, and. Yeah, I, I thought the, the jokes were sufficient, they were abundant, the pace was good, um, and there was enough stuff for, you know, the the aunt who brings their, their children, or their nieces and nephews to the <laughs> <Yeah>. movie theater. <laughs> I think you forgot the key point about aunts. Yeah, sorry, they don't have children, they They're just barren. have cats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think there was enough humor to both, you know, make the kids giggle and also make the aunts chuckle, so... Uh, I would say for its intended audience, it's certainly like a, a four, at least 4.25. Cool. Um, and then personally, I just found the humor very mundane. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I wouldn't really pick out this movie. In fact, if I wasn't courted to make this podcast, uh, I don't think this would be a movie I would have ever seen. Yeah, fair uh, enough. And I guess I was uh, uh, happily surprised that I did laugh you know, consistently through the movie. But even then, like, I can't think of one joke that really made me just, like, hold my gut. And, yeah, like, kneel hold your it. gut like the characters whenever something happens <laughs> in this movie. So I would say 2.5. Wow. Personally. Wow. Uh, and I'm kind of, I guess, the average of your two scores. I'm thinking about a 3.6. Yeah? Yeah, because... Uh, I, yeah, I, like you, I can't remember most of the jokes in this movie. I do remember that a good amount of them made me laugh. I think for me, when it just kind of... And maybe I didn't laugh because some of them, I think, were, for the most part, direct rips from the books. Mm-hmm. So I was just... It was kind of a familiarity thing. But also, I mean, I I think now I read it, a lot of... Some of the humor from the book... And I guess the movie is cheesy than just, like, a goofy thing. Like, when I was a kid, like, the toilets saying, like, yum, yum, eat them up. Like, that's funny. They're toilets and they're trying to eat people. But I think now I'm just like, that's kind of, like, stupid. Yeah. And, you know, for, like, people our age love this franchise. You know, yeah. You, you talk about Captain on Their Pants, people are like, oh, people I read were like, that. oh, my God. Do you guys remember the 90s? <laughs> And um, I, I feel like they didn't really do enough to really, like, bring us back to it. Uh, like, some other franchises certainly have tried that, and it worked out. And, um, like what? Uh, let's see. Well, I feel like the Lego franchise does a pretty good job of, mm-hmm. like, also having humor for, you know, the, the, peop- the kids who grew up with legos and you know with Yo, lego kids. batman and... <laughs> well i mean we haven't reviewed that yet on this show but i i think i would give it altogether a higher score because um it very much they're just making a um goofy movie and they go full force with the goofiness and that's just like i think just a thing with uh phil lord and chris miller yeah that's their names the two guys that made it they did 21 jump street mm. um and I think those guys are very good at just kind of, like, very genuine humor that's still, like, very uh, goofy and all mm-hmm. over the place. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I think this movie was trying at times to kind of be a Lego movie type thing because the humor is very juvenile, but it, like, has a certain innocence to it that can kind of connect. Like, oh, that's just, like, there. it's not, oh, that guy's stupid and that's why it's funny. It's just these characters are themselves. But I don't think it quite hit uh, that mark. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So here, now let's uh, crunch these numbers. Flush. Boom, did it again. Uh, okay, so we crunched the numbers, and Captain Underpants comes in with a very respectable uh, 3.23. Oh, I, I would say that is the rating that is in my heart for this movie. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who listened to the podcast, that is just a little bit higher than last week's Big Fat Liar, which got just a solid three and also just miles above the 2.1 for Airbud spikes back. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am, I see why a lot of um, movie critics gave this such a good rating. It definitely 
it felt refreshing watching it, even though I didn't love it uh, necessarily. I it did feel just like it felt like a different movie. It didn't feel just that it was phoned in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I haven't seen the Peanuts movie, but the animation seemed uh, somewhat similar. Yeah, I'd be curious to see who did it better. I th- uh, so I saw Peanuts movie when it came out, and <laughs> I was the it was me, and my two friends, and then just a guy and his daughter in the theater. But we didn't see them at first, so we uh, during the scrap short film beforehand you know the guy from uh ice age mm-hmm. it was like he was in space or something trying to get him nut and we were just like <laughs> yelling and just like i don't think we cursed but we were just like oh come on get that nut you freaking idiot <laughs> and then we we looked down at the beginning of the movie and realized that there's just a little girl with her dad there and we just ruined the movie but then they kept leaving and coming back which was annoying in itself so good riddance to them but long story short um i think I think Peanuts movie did a little bit better with animation. Like, like uh, Captain Underpants took fun risks and kind of switched it, uh, it switched mm-hmm. up a lot. But I think in terms of just kind of being as a whole, the animation for Peanuts movie because it just had that jitteriness, to, uh, like it was two D animated, kind of like with Wreck It Ralph with the the eight bit characters, how they still kind of moved with that eight yeah, yeah. uh, bit bittiness to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at some of the reviews, it, it got a B plus on Cinema Score. It had a uh, an eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think Captain we, Underpants. yeah, I think we were a bit more critical because again, these reviewers are kind mm-hmm. of looking for other people, and we're just being selfish. And what's the at um, uh, what's the out of ten rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Out of ten, uh, six point eight. So that's, that's actually yeah, that's actually right on the money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> like the the RogerEbert.com, not Roger Ebert because he's dead, but uh, the one writer, Matt Seitz, uh, he also pointed to some of the stuff that we talked about, just how it still kind of had a little bit of the DreamWorks quality to it of just kind of mm-hmm. have weird. Oh, okay. I forgot about this bit, but I I I think you and I laughed a little bit too much at, um, so when George and Harold realize that they can control Mr. Krupp as Captain Underpants, they walk into school with Hawaiian shirts and they're blasting yellows. Oh yeah. And it, it, it was a lot like that SNL sketch with uh, Margot Robbie where she was the, the librarian. I don't think I've seen that sketch. I'll show it to you later. It's funny. Uh, but it's just this idea, just like people mouthing along to that song while like being like, Oh yeah. And yeah, like the kid gets, uh, is just like pouring water on himself. Yeah. And that was, that was it. I, I, I liked that a lot, but it's definitely like Pixar. Pixar would have done this movie differently, and not certainly they but wouldn't I, have done this movie. I yeah. I also <laughs> again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily want to see a Pixar version of it. No. But there's some middle ground mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see if what would happen if Disney got their hands on the franchise. Oh, if they got their hands on this, they would ruin it. Now. Uh, do you do you have any last thoughts about uh, Captain Underpants before we kind of wrap it up? Hmm. Um. No, just uh, it was an enjoyable watch, and if you have young kids, I think it would be a you know for the viewers, for the uh, listeners who have young kids, <laughs> which is probably none of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this would certainly be a decent watch, and otherwise, just wait till it comes out on you know. TBS. <laughs> oh, very <laughs> funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that sentiment. I like I don't I don't think I would fall asleep during this movie. No, it'd be too loud. Oh no! Oh yeah, it's <laughs> so loud. It had a lot of action for sure. If you want it, if it's great for a date night, I would say. Hey babe, so like, thanks for meeting me on Tinder, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you wanted me to meet you at the theater. Yeah, we're gonna go see a countdown in advance. Uh, I also thought it was. I thought they were being like really just hubris with the first uh, epic movie because I thought like, oh, they're insinuating this is gonna be the start of a franchise. But I completely forgot that that was the name of the first Captain Underpants book. Or all of them say like uh, this: the first epic novel or the second epic novel mm-hmm. by Dave Pilkey. And now that I did my research, I'm. I was. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Zach, thank you so much. Yeah, for, thank you for, for driving me because my car was unavailable. <laughs> um, no, this was definitely a great time. Good. Is there is there anything that you would like to plug? If you, uh, do you have anything that you want people to know about? Um, 
support your local movie theaters because you know it's a really it's a it's a failing industry it's a, a waning industry so uh did you hear that the the ritz five downtown is gonna get bought up become eight million dollar condos wait the one on second street or uh, the one that's like its own contained building yeah oh yeah it's awful so please, oh please oh go see, uh, the one go like see right by fox 29 oh i don't know um this is a very fun very specific <laughs> facet of philly life we'll talk about this off screen i mean i guess it is weird that they have two ritzes that are within like they got three, three blocks that are all within but there's not enough art house movie theaters yeah. anyway yeah that's and we right. don't need eight million dollar condos in philadelphia no there's actually one being built right now like right by where i work it's right behind uh independence hall which is where they signed the declaration of independence and there was a rumor that uh, they spread a rumor that Beyonce had bought the penthouse suite oh, yeah. to drum up interest, that. and then that turned out to be just a whole load of hokum. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, go go check out your small, you know, family-run movie theaters or landmark run. It's still better than you know, uh, just watching them die. Yeah, become eight million dollars. Like, condos. screw these movie theaters that ha- that all are like we're getting executive seating, and it's like. I hate these stupid reclining chairs. We didn't have them, luckily. Yeah. But I hate I hate them. Yeah. I they're... think it's weird that people are like, I need to be this comfortable in the yeah, movie theater. Weird. Like, you're, you're going to fall asleep. Uh, and meanwhile, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Mr. Wiseman, M-I-S-T-E-R-W-E-I-S-M-A-N. And also, uh, please follow KidFlix on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at KidFlixPod. And if you have a suggestion for a movie or you just have something to say, email us at kidflixpod at gmail.com. Oh, I always get out of breath when I do that, and I say at too many times. Ugh, the internet sucks. But, uh, yeah, again, Zach, thank you so much yeah, for, my pleasure. for coming. Uh, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and stream carefully.